Hello guys, gals and non-binary pals and welcome to another episode of Monuments, Museums and Mojitos. Um, yeah, welcome everyone to a new episode this week. Um, we had a little feedback that um, we haven't really been introducing ourselves very well. We just tend to jump straight into things. So um, well, let's try and rectify that, talk well, a little bit more about we forget that like um maybe not only our mums and aunts <laughs> listen to us like there are actually people out there that search this content organically um although my mum did get like a top fan badge no. on facebook <laughs> yesterday she sent me a little screenshot oh of my that. god we have like, a fan yeah super fan it's my mum thanks mum oh Hi, shout mom. out shout out um so yes so i'll start my name's isan i'm from the uk uh, my background is in fine art and i've studied uh both making and history of, of fine art um and then i moved to athens in 2019 to study heritage management and here we are uh, and i'm a big history nerd i like books um yes <laughs> that's about she, it she's a bad bitch artist <laughs> according to nikki she and is <laughs> so so good <laughs> thanks for picking me up so guys i'm Polly from bulgaria and i've studied tourism and i also moved to athens uh, to study heritage management i've always been obsessed with cultural heritage but strangely destiny has shifted my ideas and now i'm working with natural heritage which i always thought it's boring but <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't seem that boring, to be honest, now. <laughs> Remains to be seen. Uh, it's all heritage. It's all heritage, it is. And I'm Nikki from Australia, and I studied my Bachelor of Arts in Melbourne, majoring in Ancient World Studies, which is the probably the most uh, useless thing you can do in Australia, which is why in 2019 I also moved to Athens uh, to do the infamous MA in heritage management where I met these guys and so being nerds and um, liking to drink together is uh, how we bonded and here we are yeah yeah um and on that note it is bloody warm in Athens now so we have gone for a bit of a frosé frozen cocktail we are drinking a strawberry frozen daiquiri yeah yeah. it is so refreshing Yeah. yeah Like Athens, sorry, ever since I've been living here, it you just melt. Yeah. Like it's fine when you're a tourist and yeah. you stay here for like two days and you're just like, oh, I'm off to an island. But when you live here, it's fucking hot. Yeah. And just humid. All and the humid. Time. Like hair, yeah. nice hair, forget it. Yeah. No point. No point whatsoever. <sighs> so, Do your makeup nice? Like, oh, mm, don't bother. Maybe three hours. <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, frozen daiquiri is going down really well right now. Oh, and on the note of uh, us drinking together, it was Nikki's birthday (gasps) last week. It was. It was. It was my birthday. I uh, had a little soiree. Thank you, Greece, for easing your corona restrictions, as always, for summer and consequently my birthday. It was just for you, let's face it. (laughs) Zeus knew. (laughs) Zeus. Yeah. Yeah, had a little soiree and there I invited a few people and one of which was my lovely Australian neighbor slash friend who is a model and we were having a bit of a chit chat and she just casually told us that she actually has modeled for Dolce Gabbana and a Greek fashion designer which both did their shows on cultural heritage sites. One was the Temple of Poseidon at Sunyo and the other was 
a Dolce & Gabbana show in Sicily in probably one of the best preserved uh, ancient Greek temples that exist today. And that kind of got us uh, thinking because Dior has also just recently been granted permission to shoot at the Acropolis and various other heritage sites in Greece, including the Gallimarmoro Stadium, which is in our neighborhood and we pass all the time. And we just thought we might have a bit of a chit-chat about the commercialization of heritage and is it a good or bad thing? Okay, Dior. How did Dior get access to the Acropolis for a photo shoot? I know for a fact Gucci Gucci tried to do this in 2017 and the Greek government said no. No, no, sorry, you cannot do it. What did Dior do? Tell me, was it a fakalo? A fakalo is a envelope which alludes to being filled with black money, a bribe. Did Gucci <laughs> slip a fakalo to Mitsotakis, the Greek prime minister? Well, Tell me. Well, funny that you mentioned that. I didn't know that we're going to pick up from the beginning talking about that. But yeah. <laughs> Greek corruption. I, yeah. So I have an interesting insight about that. So basically, oh. in December 2020, there was a scandal in Greece involving Prime Minister Mitsutakis' wife who met with certain business executives in Kalamata, which is a city, you know, in southern Peloponnese. Just to explain a bit the background. So, first of all, I would like to point out that she left the region of Attica, where Athens is located, to travel for 500 kilometers, while at that time the average citizen, if you remember, guys, was not permitted to visit even the regional unit next door. We could not even go to a neighboring suburb. Yeah, like me and and he lived like 20 minutes from each other and we weren't meant to visit each other. I mean, we did, but it was not you. Yeah. And obviously she was not fined. So, by the way, this is just one case among many others where the current Greek government acted in such privileged way, you know, while residents of Greece had to suffer one of the hardest lockdowns in Europe. Yeah, because I don't know if you remember also Mitsutakis celebrated uh, Christianic, I think, during Easter. Which was oh, again had, like, absurd while there were restrictions. As well. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway, guess which business executive she met with? I would just say it's a French fashion house, which <gasps> several months later would have fashion show in Athens. Oh. So this ha- this happened in December. <gasps> I have another question: Is it also a coincidence that in the following months after that meeting, the Acropolis was cemented? <gasps> Oh, just, ah, ready for <gasps> a fashion shoot, ready for the cat. Just, oh my God, just think about so it. Conspiracy. <laughs> just, just think about it. Was really accessibility my the jaw has what? actually just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> was really accessibility the main reason for adding up some con- concrete to the Acropolis, or it was so highly, like everyone just shoots it down. Everyone has been criticizing everyone. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There have even been like accidents for disabled people and non-disabled people. Like one poor lady fell down a pothole and like hurt yeah. herself. Oh my god, that's awful. So I guess all this all this concrete was about commercializing the monument and appropriating it for more commercial uses in the end, such as the so it Dior was show. Dior. It's Dior. She chit chatted with Dior. Well, yeah, she chatted with Dior six months before that, so this has been oh, well planned. This and is did, yeah. Sly. Yeah. yeah, and that would make sense because, as we discussed in our episode on the Acropolis, it was like you could really turn an ankle up there. It was not very oh, easy to navigate. High heels would not no. go down at all. No, actually, but, they would go down <laughs> yeah. straight down. But, but, 
Okay, we also, but guys, we also have to mention that in the end, the fashion show would be in Kalimarmaro. So this is the at the stadium there. At the Acropolis, we're gonna have a photo shoot. So yes. there won't be yes. a catwalk. So in the end, maybe the cement was maybe it was really for accessibility. Okay, but fun. it's it's we it, <laughs> no. but weirdly coincidences with with this photo shoot, you know? Yeah. All the so, timings kind of yeah. yeah. So I don't know. In my opinion, I have nothing against the Dior photo sessions or any future photo sessions. Obviously, if they have to adhere to the values of the monument. However, what we have to take into consideration is the importance of the Acropolis for Athens and Greece. And don't you think that a wider public discuss, discussion should have been should have taken place? And is... to be honest, I'm sure that most of the Greeks and other stakeholders would have been fine with that. But I just don't like how everything was done in secret, no? Mm, yeah. Let's get to the juice. Commercialization, good or bad? Well... <laughs> It's a tricky one, isn't it? I think we've got a bit of both. Yeah. With different contexts. Yeah. And it's, you know, we are at the end of a international pandemic where the government's broke, everyone's broke, the, the heritage sector in particular is especially broke. And this is a good way to bring in some cash because, yeah. let's face it, they're not doing, they're not allowing this photo shoot and the... Um, runway and all the other stuff for free like it's all gonna be paid for big money yeah. a big price tag um so yeah it's it's a good way to bring in money but as polly said it should really reflect the values of the site if you allow an event to happen there and i don't know how much a fashion show reflects the values of hmm. palace athena um, what do you think? Well, actually, um, it's kind of got some good PR slash nation branding slash soft power like by Greece because Dior isn't just coming and executing a French fashion show. They're actually calling the show Dior Celebrates Greece. And it's actually dedicated to the ongoing bicentennial celebration since the Greek War of Independence. And it's also going to be highlighting Greece as the birthplace of civilization. So within the show, we're actually going to see a reflection of Greece's culture slash the monuments. And Dior has said that they're going to collaborate with Greek creators and artists with the aim to showcase their talent and traditional techniques. Well, that's nice, especially um, considering Nike's recent move with their trainers, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that recently. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> to me. <laughs> So the brand Nike or Nike um, has has uh, introduced a new like special celebrating ancient Greece trainer, and uh, they used Greek characters like alphabet letters um, to spell out like Nike, but it completely is misspelled if you actually translate the letter for letter. So they use a P instead of an N. It it actually translates to pics. Picks, yeah. not Nike. Picks, guys. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like yeah, maybe we can also rip into a bit of cultural appropriation. Well, yeah, on that exactly, note, yeah. because like just do your research. It would have taken three seconds to <laughs> <Do> Google. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. So at least uh, Dior are doing their homework a little bit better. They are, and I just think like 
as long as you're not coming shitting on another person's culture just by putting your culture onto them, if you're integrating, respecting, collaborating, utilizing, economically contributing to the culture in which you're in, like yours with the Acropolis slash Greece, ain't it so bad? Yeah. I think that obviously Dior will do a good job if we have a look at their because they did also such a photo shoot in 1951 right at the Acropolis yes um, yeah they did yeah and it looks very stylish like I'm sure they would do a good job and also Dior as a brand for example is a I would say a more stylish brand compared to Gucci yeah, I guess they're a it, bit more like high class aren't they yes like adheres more Chanel rather than Gucci's a little bit more yeah adheres more to the values of the Acropolis but I think the bigger issue here is there wasn't a wider public discussion which involved mm. stakeholders in the society. So this decision was taken unilater- unilaterally by the government. And when you have such an important site like the Acropolis, I think you should have a, a wider discussion with every stakeholder. Community engagement. Yeah. I mean- yeah, with academia with the public institutions that are responsible for the Acropolis with the society in Greece and I'm sure that most of the Greeks would probably agree for such a show they would be fine with it but there should be a discussion yeah like pretend to give a shit about your citizens (laughs) just pretend (laughs) and yeah Yeah. I think it is there are definitely pros um, because it makes the site relevant for a new generation um, in a way that maybe it hasn't been before like I think if you grow up in Athens and you just see the Acropolis every day like because we're foreigners we still look up at it and go wow so impressive like even after two years like every Mm. time I see it I'm like wow but if you've grown up here like it's just another part of the city and so I think it kind of makes it relevant again and kind of adds a bit of PR a bit of excitement um uh, generates interest yeah we also have the case do do you remember the video of Beyonce and Jay-Z in the Louvre yeah, that's like, true, yeah. I think after that, the Louvre uh, made some huge records in in terms of visits. Yeah. Just because of that video. So, yeah, right. um, it would, so such events and acts, they definitely bring money to, co- to heritage sites and to cultural mm-hmm. institutions. Also, um, this isn't the first time a monument in Greece or um, Europe has been used, an ancient monument, because we had a show, like I said, that my friend participated in at Sunya, Maria Katratsu. Was a, it was a 20, 2020 fashion show at the Temple of Poseidon, and that was actually done for charity. So there we can argue there's another element to it. It's doing something to give back to the community. Then we also have um, Dolce & Gabbana at the Temple of Concordia in Sicily, one of the most well-preserved great temples in that particular style. So because of this show, Dolce & Gabbana actually instigated the installation of a floor which was put in place, which now allows tourists, you know, after the event, to actually be able to enter the uh, temple And also, while the show was being prepared, it was done with respect to the monument. The planning began in 2018, and Dolce & Gabbana actually worked with archaeologists and restoration experts to ensure that the event could take place without damaging the ancient structure. Again, Mm -hmm. it's consideration towards the monument, and the fashion that was actually displayed on this show was very classical Greek in style. Like it's got the jewelry, the golden wreaths, the toga style dresses, regal attire, like everything, the whole shebang, olive branches. It was, again, context- contextualized to the monument itself. Hmm. 
Yeah. I think one thing with that is that with Dolce & Gabbana, because it was in Sicily, there is kind of like an Italian culture there as well. Like it's like an Italian pride um, because the fashion brand can kind of use it as a, uh, a source of cultural identity in a way. Um, even though it was a Greek temple, the fact that it's in Sicily and they're an Italian brand, I think it kind of all feeds into each other whereas Dior are outsiders that's Greece. true that is true yeah um not to take away from from the fashion that they create um but yeah it doesn't give it quite so much of a like real identity like forging something for the future true yeah well suppose they say that as Nikki said they're going to celebrate Greek culture and they would include some artisanal products from Greek artists but this just adds to the idea that the Acropolis is becoming more um, commercial and very open to tourists and masses. In summer there were huge problems before the corona as we spoke in our first episode with tourists coming to the Acropolis and the site couldn't handle the number of people entering. I think with such shows and commercializing the site we may face even bigger issues at the site at some point. Yeah, that's a reason for concern over over tourism. By the way, uh, during the research, guys, did you see that Jay Wall also had a photo shoot at the Acropolis? Oh, I remember that actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Two thousand and eight. So this was not oh, peak wow. Jay Law even. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, yeah, I remember that, but I had forgotten about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I thought it was maybe ninety nine or I don't know two thousand or two thousand and one, but it was two thousand and eight. This was not peak, this was Jay Law in decline. Uh, (laughs) Um, well look Greece you know economically is not doing well but it is like we said a source of income and if we look at another example um, in Bali Indonesia they also have been commercializing their cultural dances which are mainly held to entertain tourists but they are actually you know repeated kind of en masse that swerves the observation of the traditional dates and times that these dances used to be practiced so basically this is you know to earn more profit but it's resulted in a real lack of cultural significance for locals who are performing the dance but on the other hand this commercialization of their culture through dance performances has just massively aided their conservation efforts so from through this revenue from tourism their economic significance has enabled them to focus on conservation efforts and also genuinely add revenue to the country as a whole. So it yeah, always but- seems to be like that seesaw of whether you're taking away from the heritage and from the the actual identity of the original practice or place or whatever it is, but actually it, it adds back to the community in another way, whether yeah. that's through money or through awareness or conservation efforts but that's the problem does it really add to the community mm. like are profits gained from such activities really well utilized also my other big issue is guys aren't you fed up that the cultural sector is so de- underfunded well, and that yeah. it has to yeah. and that it has to depend on such sources of funds like we yeah, always have the true. argument that money from such events it will give us new funds well do we really have to depend on that like just fund it properly from the beginning kind of thing? well yeah like the yeah. Co- the 
creative industry and the cultural sector are extremely important. And I don't think we also speak about huge amount of money, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I remember the during the, the Gucci proposal in 2017, they were speaking about 2 million euros uh, that Gucci was going to invest into the Acropolis. Come on, you really tell me that Greece doesn't have 2 million euros to invest in... <laughs> In the Acropolis side? I mean, this is Greece, so... <laughs> They're always no pretty strong cash. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's on. a good point. That is a good point. Um, but then cultural heritage is always, you know, sponsored and propped up by brands. You look at the British Museum being funded by BP of all people. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it does seem to be an overwhelming trend that... Although these cultural centers are meant to be funded by the government or by, you know, tax funds, there just isn't enough there or it's being spent in other areas, not in the cultural sector. And so they have to have their money supplemented by a mega brand Mm. and someone who can afford to splash the cash. I think with these cases... They're always, well, hopefully, they're always going to be quite um, picky about and selective about which types of brands they would allow to represent kind of the um, exclusivity of the site. Because like like you said about Gucci being rejected previously, maybe it is that Dior's a slightly more upmarket brand. And I think it would always be associated with like luxury fashion brands, yeah. maybe cars, maybe. Um, although getting a car up to the Acropolis God, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> but it's always going to be like the luxury brands. Well, I don't know. Is that just us being snobbish? What, McDonald's or something? No, but I, I, I think... <laughs> I think the simple explanation is that during the proposal of Gucci in power, we had a left-wing party and now oh. we have a right-wing party. <laughs> I mean, oh, that it, but it's all politics, guys. Like in the end, like it's all politics and it, and I don't like, I would probably, if I have the proposal of uh, Dior, I'm also going to accept it. I, I think it's a good event. I guess the explanation why we have now a, f- a photo shoot at Acropolis is also political. And as Nikki said, it's related to the soft power um, initiatives from the government of Mitsutakis, in which they're doing a really good job, to be honest. Mm. And yeah, and it's not only Athens and and Greece that are kind of succumbing to this, because um, Fendi had a runway show on the Palatine Hill by the Colosseum um, in Rome. So there's also the precedent there that other countries around the world um, are also opening up to this. And Dior loves to associate themselves with cultural heritage. They used to have one of their advertising campaigns with um, the Eiffel Tower in the background. It was for the Miss Dior Cherie perfume, which was my favorite <laughs> perfume. And then they discontinued it and I was Aww. livid. Yeah, it was so good. Um, but yeah, that had like a massive Eiffel Tower in the background. So they they do like to associate themselves with these big kind of cultural heritage landmarks i guess is a way to uh, make the brand more credible in a way okay i have a question for you do such events leave a bit of bad taste in your mouth because heritage gets commercialized Be- because when i read the article about dior i didn't feel really excited if fashion isn't your cup of tea then it's not your cup of tea but say for example um, no, I mean in general, not fashion. I mean in general. Okay, for example, Jay-Z's and Beyonce's vi- video in in the Louvre. 
or yeah. the Fendi's catwalk that Tisan just mentioned. How do you feel about that? Because I'm I'm okay with them if they are executed in a proper way, but in general I'm skeptical. Look, I'm I'm a massive advocate for making the ancient world relevant today, and this is a really good way to do that. But of course, in a tasteful and culturally appropriate way. Yeah, I think that's the big question is whether it is being appropriate or whether it is just kind of cashing it in on the name. But then that happens all the time and it's very hard. You know, like, look at the Mona Lisa. Like, that is, um, that's in the public domain. So it's not copyrighted and no one can stop brands from appropriating it. But it's constantly made into, like, advertising campaigns from, like, pasta sauce to <laughs> dating apps to coffee, um, like, Pantene hair, like so many. I was looking into this and there were like 500 or something ridiculous uh, different examples of people using the Mona Lisa image in their advertising campaign because it's recognizable, because it's, you know, it's kitsch, it's funny. But does that take away from the Mona Lisa itself? Does that kind of devalue Mm. the artwork? I don't know that it does necessarily. I think everyone knows the real thing. Well, you'd hope people would recognize the real thing um yeah. seeing as it's like on pencil cases <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's true well as you mentioned about dior giving back to the the culture of greece kind of getting greek um collaborators involved mm. I, I think when when it's done tastefully like that and you actually do have some level of community engagement um and you know you are interacting in an appropriate way with the people who live there with the people with the um culture itself then that is a positive but if it, if they were just kind of rocking up doing their own thing trashing the place and then leaving yeah. that would be very different very different i think so can we put a, a stamp of approval from monuments yeah. museums and mojitos <laughs> For, the, for Dior, collaborating with uh, the Greek government? I think it's a yes. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I think it, it opens up new discussion. It makes people take notice of the Acropolis. It might bring in, oh, well, whether bringing in new tourists is a good or bad thing, I'm not sure. But, uh, but yeah, it definitely will. It um, makes my profession look cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I just add one asterisk, a negative one as usual for me? <laughs> Go for it. Just an advice to <laughs> to governmental leaders. When se- guys, when se- they're really going to listen to you, Bobby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take this on board. It's invaluable <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When such decisions are taken, isn't it more democratic if there is a wider discussion among stakeholders in society? Yeah. Especially when we speak about sites such as the Acropolis. I mean, if there's one thing... So when this thing, when when it happens next time in your country, like, I hope your leaders at least discuss that publicly or not just making it in secret and behind doors. Literally, like, cultural management 101. If you're going to take slash learn one thing, it's community engagement engage with the community and stakeholders around you Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it might be nice for brands to think in the future about instead of looking at these sites that are already like completely oversaturated Mm. and overexposed how about asking if they can go to a less well-known site you know if they went to 
Um, yes. Namia. Yeah. Corinth. Corinth. Um, maybe not uh, uh, Delphi because it's like up a mountain, but like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Olympia. Um, yeah. Like- Sorry, not only that. Why don't they just go to a bit unpopular countries which yeah. go to, which don't have money to promote to- their own heritage? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, like, it is yeah. always kind of the big names, isn't it? And it does seem yes. like a little bit of a... Yeah. We're just going to cash in on the most well-known thing. Yes. It Hashtag just, colonialism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just perpetuates this narrative of the West. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it would be ideal to engage with other sorts of heritage, but I don't think it's anything surprising that, you know, Greece, Italy, France... The West, Europe, is just at the forefront of this sort of commercialization. Yeah. After COVID, they did need a way to get some money into the tourism sector. And this is one way to do it. It's not the worst way to do it. It seems to be um, being executed well, reasonably. Um, I mean, we'll wait and see. But there definitely are some contentious ups and downs about whether this is the right thing to do going forward, how much we commercialize. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And guys, be be active, follow the news, demand from your government to give explanation why this is happening. Yeah. Okay. Write to your yeah. local member of parliament. <laughs> yeah, contact your local council, yeah. <laughs> your local MP. <laughs> I guess also on an individual level, um, you, we as tourists, when we do engage with uh, potential commercializations of heritage, don't be afraid to seek the and question the authenticity of it and get down to the roots of the culture that it's from and, you know, not necessarily get swayed by those who have come to commercialize it and if you yeah. see a mcdonald's opening at the base <laughs> of machu picchu then you know something's going wrong along the line yeah. somewhere <laughs> S- some things will be obviously not okay yeah. <laughs> hope you liked that guys stay tuned see what you think of the shows and yeah hopefully we just gave you as always some food for thought <laughs> Yeah, and don't hesitate to get in touch with us if you want to share your thoughts and opinions. Um, You can tweet us or Instagram us or anything you like. Yeah. Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.